Welcome to an incredibly special episode 11 of the Dealers Compressed podcast. And it's incredibly special because it marks the last video in the Like I See It series. Man, I can't believe this is the last video in the series. It's not the last podcast and it won't be the last video that we release. We're going to continue to release content. And, you know, that content will continue to educate and inform and to ask questions and to bring resources to dealers to do a better job to fight margin compression and continue on. But man, this has been a heck of a journey. And actually, we are going to have some more content related to Like I See It. Receive word today that we've been invited to actually go shoot some video with Dale in Chicago. So we're going to be doing that for sure. In some way, it's like a coming of age of this entire process. Um, I don't know whether most people realize this or not, but this content wasn't produced in conjunction with Viato or with Dale. We just produced the content because we thought it was an important message. So the fact that it got some attention from Dale and the Viato folks and the folks at Cox and that they uh, kind of co-signed it, gave us an endorsement, you know, just saying that it was worth dealer's time meant the world to us. And it's going to mean even more now that when we go uh, have a conversation in person about it, looking forward to that. So I don't want to talk the whole time about what we're doing next. There's going to be a lot of coming up. There's going to be a lot of stuff actually coming about the creative world and branding and some other challenges that dealers have uh, differentiating themselves from other dealers and uh, why that's important and, and some things that they can do. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the future. But today we're talking about chapters 14 and 15, which if you haven't seen the video yet, was I think the most fun video to make because you know Dale references Kodak and industry change and we actually went out to Kodak to film and had some fun there and I uh, hope you enjoy it. So we get out of the studio for this one and hit the road. So if you haven't watched the video yet, go check it out. It's definitely got a little bit of a different feel and different flavor and I think a real appropriate way to wrap up the content in the book. But let's get to the book. Chapters 14 and 15. Chapters 14 says uh, Kodak moment for dealers in our industry. Chapter 15 is Farmer Todd finds his blue ocean. And we'll talk about why that comes together. So ride sharing, ride hailing, subscription model, like all these things are converging right now. And, you know, Dale says he's alarmed by the fact that he doesn't hear a ton of conversation yet amongst dealers and what they're going to do to approach it from the dealer side. We talk about the technology and sure there's a lot of hype and, you know, a lot of uh, naysayers and a lot of advocates that say everyone will use it. No one will use it. It's going to happen in the next three years. No, it's going to happen in the next 10 years. No, it's going to be 15. So there's all types of, you know, conversation and hype going on. But, you know, Dale says, first of all, he thinks that ride sharing, it really is a massive solution to the inefficiency of automobile ownership that most of the time most of the value in that vehicle is sitting still in a garage or overnight, or you drive it to work and then it sits all day. So I think built in, there's a, a massive inefficiency in use. Dale says that ride sharing you know, addresses that inefficiency and he doesn't have all the answers. He knows he doesn't, but he says one thing is for sure that dealers can't stick their heads in the sand on this one because before you know it, it's going to be a, a poison pill. And he talks about Kodak and I'm sure... 99% of the people out there are familiar with the Kodak story. If not, let's rehash it. Kodak, they were a film company. They were an image company. They made film. The Profit Center was selling film from people taking pictures. Remember that? You had to like pick the ISO and you could buy film at every like tourist trap at every 
monument in the world. Like you bought film and then you'd go and get the film developed at these little kiosks in front of like the Kmarts and the grocery stores. Remember those? I'm really dating myself here. And then this Kodak invented something called digital photography. Yes, Kodak invented digital photography. They were the first in the water on this. So the, why did Kodak go bankrupt, everybody asks? Well, because Kodak's profit center wasn't based around digital photography. All of a sudden, if the photos are digital, that means we can't sell film, which means we can't develop film and sell machines that develop film. And so they said, we're going to just not pay attention to it. And so everybody knows the story from here. Digital photography continued to advance because it's what the consumer wanted. It's what was best for creatives and what was best for individuals. And then we started getting digital photography, you know, digital cameras, and we could shoot as much as we want without buying film. And then phones had cameras. And before you know it, very few people had to buy film. And in 2012, Kodak went bankrupt, laid off 3,000 people, and became a cautionary tale to the business world. Um, you know, this, this example isn't in the book, but I think we can also talk about Blockbuster here. Everybody knows the Blockbuster story. We all used to rent videos from Blockbuster. Back before DVDs, it was VHS cassettes and you had to rewind them. Remember, put them in the rewind machine before you brought them back or they would like charge you an extra dollar. Um, again, dating myself, but Blockbuster, right? They made their margin, actually not off renting videos to consumers, but they made their margin off of selling candy. And when this whole digital streaming thing came along, they said, no, we're not going to pay attention to that. Well, actually, first, and then it was Redbox. Remember, well, not remember, you can still get videos from Redbox. But they said, no, if we open video rental kiosks, we can no longer sell candy. That's our business model. So they ignored it as well. And now Blockbuster is no more. They're gone, bankrupt. And Kodak could have been, so think about it, Kodak could have been the digital photography authority. Blockbuster had the resources, time, energy, money to be the video streaming authority. They had brand credibility. Everybody would have trusted them before they trusted Netflix. You know, Blockbuster could have had a mail order business like Netflix started, except you can't buy candy when you're getting videos in the mail. What's another example? Toys R Us. Here's a recent one. Toys R Us is bankrupt, right? I was just down in New York City last week. Big Toys R Us store is on clearance. Why? Because they did not adapt and see it coming or at least pay attention. They stuck their heads in the sand when it came to online retailing. They actually outsourced all of their online fulfillment to Amazon, who ended up eating their lunch. Toys R Us they had the resources to be the name in online toy retailing. They could have been Amazon, except they stuck to what they were about on principle and on profit margin, and they did not pivot. So bring it back to the dealer world. So dealers listening to this, like, what are we going to do about ride hailing? What are we going to do about ride sharing and transportation and, you know, subscription models are we going to say, well, we've had some good years recently, so I guess that means everything's okay. Dale says we definitely shouldn't do that. I say we definitely shouldn't do that. What do you say? Whatever it is, you can't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Spend time, energy, resources, energy into thinking about the next step. Don't think that just because everything is fine this year, in 2017 and 2018 and 2019, Oh, yeah, I'm not dead yet. 
I just released a LinkedIn piece of content where I'm talking with Gary Vaynerchuk about, you know, what would he say to auto dealers? And, you know, he said, yeah, maybe it's good now, but if you don't adapt to this digital retailing environment, and that's everything from worrying about ride sharing, customer experience, uh, company branding. See, I think he said, if you're not executing in a, in a 2018 digital strategy, something like this, this is not verbatim. He said, then you're basically irrelevant. You know, like guys like Gary can say, yeah, cool. You know, you're dead and you're not paying attention. And a dealer's response could be like, oh yeah, it's 2019. I'm not dead yet. So what now? And Gary said, well, yeah, until you're dead in 2022, because it took a little longer and that doesn't feel any better. Like dying sucks. So that's the truth of this. This is happening. Dale's saying pay attention. I'm saying pay attention. Gary's saying pay attention. You have to pay attention or it will pass you by. You will lose market share. The market isn't always going to be this strong. So that's basically the, cha- the, the point, chapter 14. And then chapter 15 is cool because he tells a story about Farmer Todd. And he tells a story about a farmer named Todd who had farmed land that Dale purchased. Dale purchased the property you know, as a family vacation spot. And Todd had leased some of that land from the previous owner to farm. And that's how it usually works. You know, farmers will lease land from landowners so they can farm it. And there's some sort of revenue split or a lease and everybody's happy. Well, you know, they worked out a deal and, and Dale and Todd became fast friends. You know, Dale jokes like Todd even, even let Dale drive his tractor, which is awesome. So Todd's story is very similar to the automotive industry in the fact that there was a ton of margin, margin compression because of technology and large companies acquiring and being able to co- push costs down. And it was just putting his family out of business, but they were paying attention. They were paying attention and all of a sudden, instead of growing you know, mass crops and trying to compete with the big players who now could do it cheaper and faster, he moved to what customers wanted in specialty crops and started doing organics and a Christmas tree farm and services where he could get a higher margin per acre and adapt to the margin compression and the market conditions. So, you know, Todd said, you know, to quote the book, we made a conscious decision to understand where the other guys were going and find a way to go somewhere else. That sounds like what Dale was talking about in the beginning of the book and all the way through it, that he sees dealers' real opportunity is to produce an individualized experience. What does your brand stand for? Why do customers do business with you? When price is no longer the issue, I'm not a price customer between like, you're going to charge me 20000 for the car and you're going to charge me 20000 for the car, but how does doing business with you make me feel? What do I know I can expect? So Dale's you know, happy to report that Todd, even to this day, his family are doing great. You know, they've done all this organic stuff. Um, you know, he, the Christmas trees are growing that he planted years ago. He's selling them. He sees a bright future for his family in farming, despite the massive seismic upheaval of that industry. And, you know, the last sentence in the book, before he gets to like the epilogue, he says, given the way the car business is going. Todd's words of wisdom are worth remembering, particularly for dealers who have yet to define their own blue ocean. Blue ocean, Dale refers to a book, Blue Ocean Strategy, that talks about this very principle. So I want to leave you with that. I want to leave you with the optimism. Dale is an optimist. He's a realist, but he's an optimist. And why would you be anything other than an optimist? I, I, by nature, am optimistic. But what is the benefit of being optimistic? A pessimist. And I know it's probably split 50-50, so just offended half of our audience. 
But really, we can do this. Other industries do this. Let's take the cautionary tales of Kodaks and the Blockbusters and the Toys R Us. Let's take Dale's advice and his foresight as he kind of leads us through these problems. Let's look to the left, look to the right, understand that there are other dealers next to us. There are other people that want this industry to succeed and do well. That digital landscape has actually leveled the playing field. Like it's taken out all the layers between you and your customer. You no longer have to worry about like communicating with them through a newspaper, but you can self-publish now. You can create online content that's entertaining, that is valuable to them, and that they'll engage without you spending the money on an ad. You get to tell your own story. You can control over that. You have control over your brand. I don't mean your franchise brand like Chevy or Volvo. I mean your brand. What is your dealership about? How do you affect your community? You need to tell that story. And so that is where Dale leaves us this episode. I hope you watch it if you haven't already. It was fun to make. We got to get on the road. We got to shoot in different locations, change it up a little bit. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you stick around week after week as we continue to bring more and more relevant, valuable things to you. I hope you start contributing to the community. I hope you start making meaningful change within your dealership that's going to provide for the people that look to you for provision, not only your family, but also the families of those who work at the dealership, also the families of those in the community, also the families of those who are in this auto dealership community nationally. Like, let's stick together. Let's crush this. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. Seismic change in the will to thrive. That's how I would summarize the final two chapters of this book. Dale addresses the growing momentum of ride-sharing services and self-driving vehicles and their potentially devastating effects on the dealership model. It's undeniable that every week there are new announcements to be made amidst such a rapid progress in these areas, and Dale has held his tongue until now. He says it was the deafening and scary silence of the lack of dealer-related conversation around this topic that has him moving now. At the very least, to offer a public and cautionary look at the reasons the emergence of such things casts a shadow over the future of automotive retailing. Both ride-sharing and self-driving technology seem to be a good fit for the increasing urbanization of the U.S. Rising cost of ownership and overall inefficiency of use are two other areas Dale credits for some of the momentum enthusiasm here. He doesn't have all the answers, but he knows that if dealers stick their collective heads in the sand much longer, those answers may never come. Being an avid student of history, Dale recounts the cautionary tale of the Eastman Kodak Company, who invented digital photography back in 1975, then refused to acknowledge its growing momentum. They thought they had plenty of time and that strategic error proved tragic as they filed for bankruptcy in 2012, laying off over 3,000 employees. Dale concludes this thought by admitting that while it's difficult to know how these new emerging technologies will play out, they may very well happen faster than we think, which is after all, one of the main reasons Dale wrote this book in the first place. You see, to Dale, the future is more about transportation and less about selling and servicing but he didn't end the story there. You see, Dale's a realist, but he's also an optimist. And the final chapter of the book, Dale brings encouragement to dealers from his experience as a farmer. Yeah, you heard that right, Farmer Dale. You see, a few years back, he purchased a property as a family vacation spot. It was a farm property. And as such, Dale became a legal farmer. 
not too long after that, he met Todd. You see, Todd's family had leased the property to farm from the previous owner, and after some research, he and Dale reached an agreement, and Dale and Todd became fast friends. Rumor has it that uh, Todd actually let Dale drive his tractor. So Dale began talking about a book that he read called The Blue Ocean Strategy, and which was about companies finding a differentiator, uh, something they were willing to do or a way they were able to deliver service that really set them apart from the competition. And Dale used that book to tie back to Todd's family and his family situation that, you know, in industry farming has faced recessions and consolidations, big time margin compression, very similar to what dealers are facing. And most of Todd's peers they went out of business or they sold to these bigger companies for not much at all, but not Todd and his family. Instead, they acquired more land. They focused on specialty crops and Christmas tree farms and the things that would set them apart. Dale's happy to report that today, Todd's family is doing really well and his family's future looks viable and secure. He hopes that dealers will take a cue from this story and realize that even in the light of all this industry change and compression, that dealers can find their blue ocean. And he hopes that dealers will find their blue ocean. Thank you so much for listening to the Dealers Compressed podcast. This podcast is actually a derivative of a video series that we produced around Dale Pollock's new book, Like I See It. You should get the book, you should read it. We made the video so you can make watch the content in a consumable format please go to dealerscompressed.com. Sign up for the list. We'll notify you when we release new content. And of course, the ultimate compliment is if you share it. So we ask that you will send it, like it, favorite it, show it to your managers. The whole effort of producing this content was with the intention that we can move forward and be a customer experience driven industry. Thanks for listening.